that should allow us to get our levels correct. <laughs> yeah. Welcome to Slow Bates Podcast. I'm Emily. And I'm Rachel. And we don't always, you know, laugh really loud into the mic. No, never. 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 That's that's something we never, ever do. Yeah. No. If you liked our opening theme song, it is Shiny Spaceship by 8-Bit Ninjas. You should definitely check them out. They're really cool. Yeah. So, this episode is going to be a tad different than our normal content. Yes. Because we saw a Tom Hiddleston movie. Tom Hiddlebums. We saw a Tweedly Deedly movie <laughs> <laughs> that we need to talk about. Yes. Or at least I feel like I need to get some stuff off my chest about this stupid movie. <laughs> yes. And then we're going to talk about SwampCon, which is a convention we've both been involved in. Yes. And we're finally going to talk about the video game that I helped make. Yeah. Yeah, so that'll be the last half. So, we're going to start stuff off with Crimson Peak. <laughs> ah, yes, Crimson Peak. If you have not seen the previews, is made by filmmaker Guillermo del Toro. Uh, yeah, Pan's Labyrinth. Um, and it's kind of like, what I thought it was going to be like was a little bit different from what the movie actually was, but the previews make it seem like a goth fantasy horror type film. Yeah, there's like some demons slash ghost things. It, yeah. It, it looks like a haunted house story. Right. That's not what you get, though. No. N- no. And, like, I get that you want to put butts in the seat, but isn't Tom Hiddleston, Jessica Chastain, Emma, what the heck's her last name, it's the <laughs> W, really long. Yeah. Guillermo del Toro, aren't those, like, Big enough people that you don't need to lie to people to get them to see right, this stupid yeah. movie. It felt, yeah, a little bit like false advertising. I was ready for some creepy, spooky stuff. Yeah. And that didn't really happen. Mm, yeah, I mean, like, obviously the ghosts and stuff were scary, but scary, quote unquote, but... Uh, it did not have the vibe that I thought it was going to have. No, the tone and pacing were definitely bizarre. So weird, yeah. So, so weird. So, uh, we're going to warn you right now, we're going to get into some details, so spoilers. Spoilers! So, if you haven't seen it, or if you don't care to see it, you know, you can stop listening. Go watch it, and then come immediately back and listen to us bitch about it. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So, it starts off with Emma's character. Right. Miss, uh, Cushing? Something like that? Yeah. Yeah, we don't remember, I don't remember names ever from movies, so anyway, this is she, bad for me. I know. She's a writer, she has long blonde hair and, and glasses, and she's a writer, and she has right. a beautiful bouffant hairdo. Yes. <laughs> and they, she lives in Buffalo, New York, the yeah. most <laughs> random town to have, like, okay, and, like, all the streets are muddy, and... Freaking Buffalo still looks like that in the spring because all the snow has melted right. and it just looks like a river of shit. <laughs> but yeah, I was like, hmm, little homie. My, my my family is from upstate New York, so I know all about Buffalo. Yes. And I just thought it was a weird choice, but I guess one that hasn't been done before. And everyone has like mutton chops and stuff. And her father is freaking 
Bobby from Supernatural. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it took us a little while to figure that out because, like, his beard, for some reason, camouflaged the lower part of his face. He was also wearing, like, a tuxedo most of the movie. Right, which is in stark uh, uh, difference from what he normally wears at Supernatural. Yeah. Yeah. We were like, wait. Oh, my God. Wait, it's Bobby! Oh, <laughs> uh, Supernatural. Remember when Supernatural was, like, not bad? Yes. <laughs> Uh, those are the days. The days. The days. But I digress. Oh my god. Okay, so her dad is Bobby from Supernatural. And then Tom Hiddleston comes in with his sister, Jessica Chastain. Both right. of them have really bad dye jobs. Mm-hmm. They should have just given them lace front wigs. Yeah. And Emily and I, like, called it from the start. We were just like, incest. incest. <laughs> and we were right. Because... I mean, Jessica Chastain and Tom Hiddleston, I don't think, are that far apart in age. In the yeah. in the movie, they were about two to three years apart, mm-hmm. but I was like, hmm, they look a little too close. Right. And yeah, we, we called it from the beginning, because you get all these weird tones between them, and like, Jessica, Jessica Chastain... Unlike, like, let's say, you know in Pride and Prejudice, the 2005 movie, where Bingley is like, oh, I really like Jane. Yeah. But um, his sister is like, uh. Yeah. You don't get an incesty vibe from that. You just get that she's stuck up. Right. This, you get, oh, she doesn't like Emma because she's in love with her brother. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely. Yeah, yeah there's a lot of incestuous undertones. And later on in the movie, you sort of catch them. They're like embracing each other with like their sleeves or you can see their shoulders oh no he was she was totally giving me a handy you didn't see that her hand was like down his pants i did not (laughs) yeah her hand was like down his pants i was okay i was focusing on tom hiddleston kissing her shoulder yeah i wasn't (laughs) her hand was down his pants yeah she's giving him an old-fashioned yes uh, I can't believe you noticed that. So yeah, that was a thing that happened. I totally didn't notice. Um, her hand was quite in his pants. So Tom Hiddleston is trying to get money for his stupid invention that is basically like a big crane, an automatic crane to, it's like a driller, it gets the clay out of the ground. Yeah, it's like, it's like a mechanical rotating shovel. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> and, um, even though he has, like, all this title and name recognition, he's broke. Uh, you yeah. find out, he, he tells her in exposition later, it's like, oh, well, my dad traveled a lot and he spent all our money. Right. Presumably on gambling and hookers. Yeah, that so. would make sense. <laughs> yeah, I mean, but who wouldn't? Right. <laughs> so... I'm trying to think of what else to talk about about this movie. Stylistically, it's very beautiful. Um, yeah. All the clothing is wonderful, and the the scenery and the buildings. It's all very. It goes with the theme of the movie, which again, it's not like the previews, but at least it keeps it's consistent within the movie. I think it's set in 1901 or something like that. Yeah, I would say early 1900s, yeah. late 1800s. The cinematography is good. The, the plot, which we're gonna finish summarizing. Sorry. <laughs> uh, it's kind of meh. So they meet, uh, he seduces her. Um, her father mysteriously dies. Yeah, her father does not like Tom Hiddleston's character. He thinks he has soft hands. Yeah. Um, and soft, womanly. 
sensuous hands. <laughs> so, like, quote-unquote soft hands, which means that he's never, like, worked a hard day in his life, you know, that type of thing. That's why he didn't like him. Um, and he also, you know, really liked that his daughter didn't go to parties very much. They make a point of that in the film, that she doesn't really subscribe to societal standards for socializing and, yeah, like, she, finding a husband. Yeah, she wants to be a writer. She she wants to be Mary Shelley, apparently. Right. Who died a widow, as she said. Right. And not Jane Austen, who died a spinster. Right. <laughs> um, so... So her father really liked that she wasn't like that because then he didn't have to deal with men. But then he saw that Tom Hiddleston's character was seducing her. So that was just another um, strike against him. All of this happens in like 15 minutes, too. Right. It is way too quick. Mm-hmm. They like meet and fall in love really quickly. And I'm like, I get that we're trying to bring her to the ghost house, but a little development. And it does like such a disservice to her character, too, because you wouldn't think that her character would react like that. Yeah, I mean, maybe they had to cut a lot out for timing purposes, but I feel like they should have, I don't know. Their whole journey to England, once uh, her father mysteriously dies and she ends up marrying Tom Hiddleston, is not there. She just arrives. Yeah. So, it would have been interesting to see that too. I don't know. I felt like this movie could have been longer. Oh yeah, it definitely could have been longer. Yeah. And then, as soon as she gets to the house... Oh, yeah, before she goes, she can see ghosts, by the way, everyone. Oh, yeah. That's, she could see ghosts. Th- they established that, that she could see ghosts from a young age after her mother died. Her mother appeared to her. Yeah, and the ghosts in this movie look like black skeletons, uh, and they're dressed in the clothes that they died in, uh, that they're, like, buried in. Yes. Yeah, so her mom is, like, coming, she's a skeleton lady, and she's like, beware, Crimson Peak. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And they all have really long fingers, the ghosts. Yeah bony ass fingers Mm -hmm. so she gets there and he's like oh you'll see why they call it crimson beak and she's like oh shit yeah she's like oh my god i because it's not called that it's called alderdale yeah alderdale house but he the locals call it crimson peak because of the red clay that dyes the snow yeah and then she has trouble sleeping at night she keeps waking up there's, like, ghosts around the house. There's one in the bathtub with, like, a machete in her head. And a meat she, cleaver. Yeah, meat cleaver. And she's like, blah, I know your name. Yeah. And so she's like, oh, I'm freaking out, I'm freaking out. So Jessica Chastain is like, have this tea, it will help you sleep. And she's, like, giving her tea for everything. And Jessica Chastain is always the one making their food. And I'm like, that's suspicious. Mm-hmm. And, like, they're not even subtle about it. Yeah, and then she wakes up one evening and is coughing blood, and I'm like, mm-hmm. poison. Yeah. So you find out, eventually, that Jessica Chastain has been poisoning her, that Tom Hiddleston had married her for her money, uh, because they needed money for that stupid dumb machine because they have no inheritance. Right. And the ghosts aren't really... She's not haunted or anything. The ghosts help her figure out that Tom Hiddleston had three previous wives who they have all killed. Right, yeah. Yeah, so the, it's like the ghosts of his ex-wives that Jessica Chastain and Tom Hiddleston had killed. They're like, woo, beware, beware. And so, um... They, like, yeah. point her to clues. So, like, they'll appear, like, in the in the cabinet where they had the voice recordings. The ghost first appeared there, which caused her to open the door and find the voice recordings. Yeah. So the ghosts never really haunt anyone, which I was kind of expecting. Although I, I feel like I got... There was a taste of that when... 
Tom Hiddleston and uh, the Emma character, they stayed overnight in the other place. When they got back, the sister was like, I can't be alone in this house. No, because I think the mother ghost haunts Jessica Chastain. Right. Yeah, that would have been a much more interesting film, is to see a, a, a deranged, tortured woman haunted by the mother that she murdered. Yeah. Don't you think that would have been a better film? Yes, I do. <laughs> so, Guillermo... Team up with Squarespace. <laughs> oh my god. Okay, and then, okay, well, we're missing the best part about when Tom Hiddleston and Emma's character stay overnight at, like, the post office? Yeah, like a hotel in town or something right. like that. Right. They get down. They <laughs> they get down as you do in the in the early 1900s. Yeah, they, they, have, they have sex for, like, what, ten seconds? A minute and a half. You, you see Tom Hiddleston's ass move rhythmically, and we clutched each other very tightly yep. for a second. We needed a moment. <laughs> we we lost ourselves for a moment, Yep. and then it was over as soon as it begun, and we were like, uh, <sighs> that could have been a whole movie. <laughs> also, I heard rumors that he was going to be, like, trained up. Yeah, I heard rumors that there was, like, BDSM stuff. Maybe someone was just lying to us. That is so mean, because I would have loved to have seen that. Yes. Yes. Guillermo. <laughs> like, that would have been... I would have just watched that sex scene plus BDSM stuff with Tom Hiddleston just repeated in, like, <laughs> ten minute intervals instead of this whole movie. That, yes, that's true. <laughs> Oh my god, yeah. That was that was a highlight. That was a high point of mm-hmm. the movie. It was. Yeah. So the ghosts don't really haunt anyone except Jessica Chastain, and they never really show that. Yeah. Because in the beginning of the movie, she's writing a book, and she's like, oh, it's not a ghost story that I'm writing. The ghosts are just metaphors for the past. Right. And I mean, like, okay, so they carry that tone throughout, though, like... She does end up like Mary Shelley, we'll talk about that later, and she does have the ghosts, the ghosts are just in the story, but they're not the story throughout the movie. I was expecting some, like, I was expecting Jessica Chastain's character to be, like, dragged to hell by all the people she murdered. That would have been really cool, but, but no. But that didn't happen. No, there was a ye olde Victorian knife fight. Right. Her and, um, the main... Uh, ingenue had a freaking knife fight and she got stabbed to death. Yeah. Jessica Chastain ends up murdering Tom Hiddleston because he fell in love with his uh, wife and she's like, you you told me you'd never love another woman and, uh, you know, she went full Cersei and mm-hmm. murdered him. <laughs> yeah, she like stabbed him through the cheek into his eye which oh, that was his brain. Gnarly. Yeah, I was like, <laughs> she She lobotomized him basically mm-hmm. and then he bled out and died. Yeah. And he, he appears as a ghost later on. But he looks like he's been dead for a long time in his ghost form. I'm like, he just died. Yeah, that didn't make any sense to me, but... Yeah, the ghost looked cool, but it didn't make any sense. Right. It also didn't make sense to me how he didn't get haunted by any of the ghosts either. Because yeah. I don't think he loved any of the wives before Emma. Well, yeah, because Jessica Chastain told them, it's like, oh, he never fucked anyone but me. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, and there's a dead baby. She Jessica Chastain gave birth to a baby, and then they murdered it. It was her who gave birth? I thought it was one of the wives. No, it was her and Tom Hiddleston's baby. Ew. That came out deformed and then she murdered it. <laughs> well, that's something that I missed in the movie, but okay. <laughs> yeah. So, there's a knife fight. She ends up being saved by her childhood friend, who we haven't mentioned <laughs> until now, who was played by Charlie Hunan. 
Yeah. From Sons of Anarchy and Pacific Rim, I'm like, what are you doing in this movie? <laughs> what, what are you doing? <laughs> what are you doing later? <laughs> yeah, seriously. So he was kind of like he the, was a, the childhood friend slash. I want I want Emma to love me, but she doesn't. Slash the American guy from Dracula. Yes. <laughs> and the American guy in Penny Dreadful. The yes. Show on Showtime. Yeah. They look a lot alike. They really do. When we first watched Penny Dreadful, the first season, we really thought that was Charlie Hunnam for a couple of minutes. Yeah. That wasn't. Oh my god. So she's she eventually gets taken away by him. He's also an ophthalmologist. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they... It, what I remember... He has, like, a library, and she's like, oh, Sir Conan Doyle, who uh, writes Sherlock Holmes. Mm -hmm. He's like, oh, well, he was an ophthalmologist, just like me. She's like, oh, you fancy yourself a detective? And she was basically a detective finding out about Tom Hiddleston's three ex-wives that were murdered. Yeah. So I was like, not so subtle. Mm Mm-hmm. I guess that, that kind of wraps up the whole plot, but what I'm saying is that it was very predictable, and the pacing was bad. Oh, yeah, like, the fact that we could predict basically what was going to happen. Nothing was shocking. Yeah. Well, the only shocking thing was the graphic, graphic death of her father who gets his head bashed in. You see it. Oh, yeah, it's like, mm, it was way too much for me. (laughs) And then Tom Hiddleston getting stabbed through the eyeball into the brain. You see that. Yeah, that was... It was, like, absurdly too too much. And I felt like... That's what gave it the R rating. But if they were gonna just go balls to the wall, why wasn't there a more graphic sex scene or more graphic haunting? Or the ghosts could have been even spookier, you know? Yeah, I wish the ghosts would have been able to, like, do something besides just be spooky. Yeah. You know? (laughs) Yeah, she's like, oh, if you're here, give me a sign. And she, like, puts her hand up. And then the ghost, like, rips her arm down, basically, like, almost breaks her arm. Do you remember that? Yeah. It's like, I'm here, bitch. <laughs> yeah, I was like, what's the point? If they could have done that, why haven't they hurt Jessica Chastain? Yeah. Maybe, I don't know. I don't know. And I don't know. There were a lot of things I didn't enjoy about this movie. I mean, I think I, we would have liked it more if we didn't pay money to see it. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. So, Emily, out of ten? Um, six. But only because of the beautiful cinematography, and I really enjoyed Tom Hiddleston's ass. Yeah, I would have to agree. Um, I was not thrilled, but I did like how beautiful it was in its own way. Yeah, how tragic. How, how tragic, how beautiful. Yeah. So, that is our conclusion of our Crimson Peak section. <laughs> We're sorry, Tom Hiddleston fans. Hiddlestoners. Yeah, you... Save your, save your money. Yeah, save your money. It's, uh, there are other movies where there's more Tom Hiddleston being sexy than this. Yeah. Yeah. So, now we're gonna talk a little bit about Swamp Con and the video game that I spearheaded. So, for those of you who don't know, we're stationed in Gainesville, Florida. Stationed? We live in Gainesville, Florida. <laughs> We live in Gainesville, Florida, and we both were graduates of the University of Florida, and we were both involved in Gator Anime, which is the club there for people who like dumb stuff. The anime club <laughs> at UF. <laughs> yeah. And uh, every year they put on SwampCon, which is a multi-genre convention. It's completely right. free, completely student-run. Rachel and I have been there since year one, mm-hmm. you know, uh, five years ago. 
Yeah. Oh my god. This is the fifth year, so. Yeah, this year it's gonna be February 14th, and mm-hmm. 13th and 14th, I think. God, we have been involved in it for five, it doesn't feel like five years. It, it has been five years, but oh we started, god. like, you know, we took on positions that, you know, weren't that big to eventually taking on quite some big roles. Um, About two years ago, Rachel and I and our friend Nick basically ran the whole thing. Yeah. It was kind of intense. It was, it was very intense. It, it takes up a lot of your time. So if you plan on starting a convention, um, you need you need at least ten really dedicated people. Oh, yeah. Who are very organized and who have free time. Who work well together. Who work well together because we've had, like, clashes with people. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. Because it gets stressful and ugly. It does. And people feel like... Other people aren't pulling their weight, or that they don't get a say, um, and then things turn kind of nasty. Yeah. Also, if you're going to make it, it's harder to make it non-profit. Like, ours is free, only because it's funded by student government. Right, so it has to be. Yeah, so that also comes with different challenges, and Mm -hmm. trying to raise money. It's easier to just have a ticket price, because that can help offset your costs. Right. So if you want to start one... You know, start cheap, but you're going to need that ticket price. It's really, really hard to run a free convention. Yes. Yeah. I would say almost impossible if you're not, you know, getting basically money for free from a university or other organization. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's the situation that we're in at UF. We can't charge money. That's just how it works for students. SwampCon this year is SwampCon V, which matches nicely because it is on Valentine's Day and it's our fifth year. We thought we were very clever. So um, clever. When, um, I forgot who came up with that. I think it was Robert? I don't remember. One of, it wasn't us. Somebody else in the SwampCon team, um, came up with that and it was very clever and, um, so that's what we're going with this year. Uh, so the SwampCon team and basically Emily, Annie, Robert, uh, Elias, Derek, Derek, all came together to make a dating sim. Yeah, it was when I when we started and we knew it was going to be Valentine's Day. I am a gigantic Hot Full Boyfriend fan, so I had the idea of making a promotional dating sim for the convention, but using alligators instead of birds. <laughs> Okay, so let's let's back up, because some people don't know what a dating sim is. So what's a dating sim, Emily? <laughs> a dating sim is a very simple video game. It's also might be called a visual novel, where you make conversation uh, decisions or action decisions, and then your story progresses. So it's basically a choose-your-own-adventure game. Right. It's very... The animations are very um, simple. It's usually... A 2D drawing with a background. You have your character drawing and then it's them on a background. Yes. Um, Hotful Boyfriend is a very popular joke-ish. It, it's hard. Yeah, it's, it's kind of joke-like. It, it's kind of joke-like, but it takes itself very seriously. <laughs> very seriously. Hilarious. Where you get seriously. to date different birds. So... <laughs> So our video game is called Love Bites, and you can download it for free at swampcon.com, S-W-A-M-P-C-O-N.com, and it's called Love Bites, and you can date our form, like, uh, alligators based on former SwampCon mascots. So we have an alien, we have a wizard, we have a a zombie. zombie, which was 
Remember Undead was our year? Yes. And then we also have some other stuff that was related to last year's, which was giant robot yes. stuff. So it's all in there. It's all full of memes. <laughs> if you like bad <laughs> internet jokes, you will love this game. Yes. Yeah, so me and uh, one of the people on the eboard, Annie, uh, spearheaded this, and we got some other people to help us write the scripts, and Annie coded a lot of it, and I made up all the images for it, and then the art team made really, really beautiful portrait, like humanized portraits of all of our characters. It was beautiful. Everyone came together. It was really nice. Yeah, it actually looks um, very nice. So for those of you that are interested in playing uh, Love Bites, you go to SwampCon, you go to the Love Bites tab, you download the uh, zipped file. You have to extract everything before you play it. So extract everything first, then double-click on the application, then it will start to play. <laughs> and the music is actually very nice, so you don't have to turn off your sound. It's oh, not yeah. jarring. We, I did a lot of Creative Commons searching yeah, so, no, it matches very well. All the background images I actually took on my iPad on campus, but all the alligators and some of the background stuff and all the music is Creative Commons, and that is all credited on the site. Thank you to everyone who let us use your images. I just yes. want to say thank you. We couldn't have done it without you. So Emily was like, play this game. Um, and I've played a dating sim in the past on my phone, um, and I thought it was pretty funny, um, so I was like, sure, why not? Um, I only played two twice, so, sorry. <laughs> um, I didn't have time to play, like, 16 times, but I played twice, um, and the first time I played, I, um, decided to be part of the drama club, which I cheated beforehand because I knew that would be the way to get Jam Slam Jarstar, who's the alien character. <laughs> so I chose that, and I tried to get Jam Slam Jarstar, but I did not. I got one of the bad endings, and I got eaten or stepped on by the Mecha Gator yeah. um, from last year. And then the second time I played, I went for Mort, because I was told that Mort is the anime club track, so I went the anime <laughs> club track, and I got the happy ending. It was much easier and less cryptic than Jam Slam Jarstar's choices. Could you tell that me, the giant weeaboo, wrote the anime club one? Yes. <laughs> yeah, the, I would say that Mort's route is probably the most Hatchiful boyfriend slash anime episode-ish of the three. Yeah. Yeah, so you have a... You have a tabletop route, you have an anime route, and you have a sci-fi route, which are all the genres of SwampCon. Get it? Cohesion. Get it. Yeah. Synergy. <laughs> How many fun words can I throw at this? Um, but yeah, it was really fun, really easy. It's really not that long of a playthrough. No, it should only take you 15 minutes maximum. So, yeah, even if you're dumb and you make uh, very slow decisions like me, um, it won't take you that long. The music is very pleasant. I think everything is pretty well thought out. But it's not, like, so serious that you're, like, sweating about what decision you're going to pick. Hot Tuffle Boyfriend can get pretty real. Yeah. No, it's it's all pretty much lighthearted and really, really me me. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I just love the little pictures of the gators. Oh, yeah, I think they're cute. Yeah. Did you like the humanized portraits? Yeah, no, I thought those were absolutely beautiful as well. I thought they were very well done. I got some feedback from some people, and they told me, <laughs> they're like, Jam Slam is Bay. He's the hot one. Oh, my God. <laughs> and I was like, you guys? I mean, yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. I was like, y'all need to chill. 
No, I'm. I was actually uh, partial to Octavian because I like glasses characters. Yeah, Octavian is a glasses type. Uh, but I figured like playing his track would be so hard because I just his personality. He is the certified asshole. Yes. No. So. So if you guys were inspired by my dumb arc, <laughs> um, you too can make your own dating sim. It just is a lot of time. Uh, what you need to do is you need to plan a script beforehand before you do anything. What I did is I uh, got a team of people and we decided on major plot points that were going to happen in every single arc. So you can start off with, oh, everyone has the same class, so the class intro where you meet all the characters, that's the same for every route. And then, like, oh, there's going to be a homecoming parade that will most likely be the same in every route. So you, you make events that will be the same throughout all your routes. So you kind of have, like, a wire, uh, like a skeleton. Mm-hmm. And then from that, uh, we created more detailed, uh, like, plot points are uh, branching off from each storyline. So storyline A, storyline B, storyline C. So it's very careful planning. Yeah. Once you have the skeleton and the more detailed outline of what you're going to do, that's when you just need to start writing. I wrote all of my lines and stuff in two days. You just got to sit your ass down and do it. Right. You don't have to, like, it doesn't seem like a task that would be, like, something you have to sit down and do for, you know, hours and hours no. and really think out everything. Like, it's supposed to be lighthearted. It's a dating simulator. Yeah. And it it's as long or as short as you want it to be. Mm-hmm. And just, like, there's as many dialogue options, there's as many and as little as you want there to be. You really don't have to have any. You can really only have one choice, which is who do you want to date. So. Right. So once you get your scripts done, then you need to get your graphics. What I did is I just took photos on my iPad. I put them in Photoshop. I put on a filter, which was like um, cutout. Yeah, I put a a cutout filter, which made them look kind of like they were paintings. And then I just got pictures of gators and put them like over it, a different layer. And that was kind of it. It was pretty simple. Yeah, no, I mean... I obviously know my way around Photoshop, too, so it looked simple-ish to me, too, but it looks very, very nice. Yeah, it doesn't... It, it's very quick, it's easy, and it looks good. So that's what I suggest um, for... Of course, you can also draw everything yourself if you are artistically inclined. I am not very good at drawing, so... <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it, so it I want the a lot of time, way. too. It does take a lot of time. I would say that when you draw stuff... You have more control over what stuff looks like, but I feel like if... I don't know. I feel like people don't care so, so much about what is in the background. Yeah. They care about the story. Right. So, the the program that Annie used to uh, bring this whole thing to life, I think, is Rempy, or what is it? It's free. It's a free software. There's many different softwares you can use. Just, I'm sure there's some for sale on Steam, too. But if you just look up, like, Dating Sim Maker, you can find a variety of options. Find the best one that's good for your system. Some will work on Mac, some won't. And some will make games for mobile, and some won't. So be aware of that. Our game, Love Bites, is only for desktop. It could be used for Mac or PC, but it's not for mobile. So, yeah. So, if you were thinking about playing it on your phone or your tablet, sorry. Yeah, sorry, guys. (laughs) Get a laptop! 
Uh, and then basically you just have to put in your images and your text and make sure you edit it and make sure your script is good and that there's no mistakes. <laughs> and then it's just plugging in the code, which uh, on the one we use is pretty simple, but of course every program has its different stuff. So, and then once you have your script in your images, you just put it in. So that's basically it. Just stick it in. Just stick it in. <laughs> yeah. Also, you, you're going to want some music. Be aware that, you know, you're going to need probably around five music tracks for the simplest stuff, which is your general music, your sad music, your... Your da da music, as I like to say. <laughs> your upbeat music, <laughs> your classroom music, and your, like, ooh, what's going on, spooky music. Yeah. That's pretty much the simplest stuff you need, so... But, of course, the more music you have, the nicer it will sound. But, again, the most important part of your game is your script. Yes. Yeah. So, I hope you guys have learned something and have not spent money on Crimson Peak. Yep, don't do it. Don't do it, please. (laughs) We'll see you guys next time. Thanks. See ya.